Big Ten Can is the world's leading sales learning and enablement platform that delivers the onboarding and training, preparation, coaching, customer engagement, and follow-up and insights that modern businesses need to win. Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why and how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for lending me those ears. And if you watch this video, your eyeballs are always greatly appreciated. Today, I have the one and only Mark, the sales hunter here, Mr. Mindset, Mr. Mind for Sales. Mark, how we doing, man? I'm doing great. How is Mr. Victor Antonio? Victor Antonio is hot as hell here in Georgia. It's what I'm telling you right now. It is so humid here, Mark. I got the AC cranked up right now. It's like 8.30 in the morning, 8.15, and I got this AC just cranked down already because it's just hot. Where are you based out of, Mark? Well, we're we're in Dallas, Texas now, and it's hot, but it's not humid. So thank goodness. Yeah. Keep that humidity out. You got that dry uh, heat. You got that dry heat, right? Yeah, but still, it's like, when it's 106, it's still an oven, okay? Just now, yeah. now, you used to live in uh, Nebraska, right? Cornhusker yep. State. used to live in Nebraska. Why'd you move out, by the way? Well, it's called a better airport, okay? <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> but no, that, that's true because that's why we moved to Atlanta, because of the airport. Right, right. I mean, we can drop the mic right there, but a whole host of reasons. A, got kids here. Uh, you know, we raised our, you know, we, we weren't from Nebraska. Uh, mm-hmm. We moved there from Jersey. That's a whole separate story. Oh, wow. Uh, we raised the kids, and then they went off to college, and they never came back. So guess what? Mom and dad got to move. So, you know. Gotcha. Got to do that. We yeah. would do the same thing. I think we would do the same thing. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Outbound coming up. This September, Outbound Conference. Go to outboundconference.com. Mark will be there. I'll be there. Jeb Blunt will be there. Anthony Arino will be there. And a host of other speakers. Hey, Mark, give these folks a, because you've had more history with Outbound than I have, uh, give these folks your your 30-second to one-minute pitch of why they should go. Well, there's a reason why people come back year in and year out. I mean, the percentage of tickets that get purchased every year by people who came the year before, the year before, the year before, that says something. That says that there's, A, there must be really new, relevant content being shared every year. Two, there's actionable things that people can do from it. And the networking. I mean, I'm always amazed at the number of people who I see one year. And I go, hey, how's that job working out for you that you were at last year? Oh, guess what? I met somebody at Outbound. And I got a better job offer. It is a great networking event. I've I've noticed. And the other stories I often hear is like, uh, did this, did that. From what I learned here. Started doing well. And I'm not talking about, you know, zero to a million. I'm just saying I'm starting to make a little more money. I'm trying to close a yes. little more deal, a couple of more deals here and there. And I think that's actually pretty cool. Uh, so anyway, go to outboundconference.com. If you enter, what is it, Mark or Hunter 10? What's your Mark card? Mark 10. Mark 10 or Victor 10, if you like me better, which you should, then enter those codes. Hey, excuse me, this podcast can end right now. So just saying. <laughs> you know, so anyway, this, this show would be nothing without a guest. Oh, wait that, a minute. No, that is correct. I could talk to myself. That would be kind of schizophrenic. You've done um, that before. I, I have. <laughs> oh, that's right. You've seen that. Hey. hey. So, go ahead. That, that was a good. By the way, you know, I have not looked at. By the way, what Mark is talking about, I did a presentation. I think the first of its kind, which was a presentation within a presentation, whereas I actually do a presentation and then I narrate. I step outside my presentation on another microphone and actually narrate my own presentation. I have not looked at that video yet. Can you believe and, that? And you did that at Outbound. See, that's another reason why people need to sh- show up at Outbound because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, we got some great speakers. Uh, you know, we got some new speakers coming in, uh, great content. I'm looking forward to a few. 
Uh, Daniel Disney, I'm looking forward to seeing him, meeting him live. Uh, Luigi Prestonenzi, another guy I'm looking forward to meeting and talking to and listening to. Luigi's doing some great things. So Luigi's like, you know, real tactical, you know, grinder, man. So his stuff is going to be great. So outboundconference.com, check it out. Mark 10, Victor 10, take your pick. But hey, Mark, before the, we got started in this interview, you were talking about, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning this, we won't mention any names, but you're, you said you're working with a company and they have a product and they keep perfecting, trying to perfect the product before they actually launch it. And we talked about how marketing is really the most important thing. Can you talk, without mentioning the company's name yeah. or giving anything away, just can you talk about what's going on? Like that would be a great case study, right? Of somebody who's, you know, fear of launching. Well, we see this time and time again. We see this even in prospecting, right? I mean, people, I, I'm, I'm going to take a side trip just, just for a second. People say, oh, I got a prospect. I got a prospect. What do they do? They spend all day getting ready to prospect, but they never actually prospect. And it's the same thing with developing products. This particular company, it's a software. It's a SaaS product. Software as a service. And, and, and the founder wants to keep perfecting, perfecting, perfecting before they roll it out. They got a few users, but... You know, you never really find out what the market is worth and what the product is worth until you launch it. You got to get it out there. And, you know, perfection, perfection's great, but perfection stalls out so much. You know, you and I subscribe to the same theory. Just pick up the phone and make the call. You know, just, just engage, engage. And that's what, Mark, there's only one activity that's going to get you the customer feedback, and that's marketing. Get it out there in the marketplace. The customer I think people don't understand. Tell you, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I like the feedback part because you know whether you're prospecting on the phone or pushing a product out there, as you're you're pointing out. I like the way you tied those two together. Is that the market will tell you like, no like, kind of like, right, and give you the feedback you need to be successful. My, I, I, I subscribe to this statement. Never aim for perfection, aim for success. I've always loved that. Oh, that, I, I tell you what, drop the mic on that one. Yep. Back up, back up the video or the audio and hear what Victor just said, because mm -hmm. it's gold. It is. And, and this is what I think stands in the way. You know, we got salespeople listening to this thing. And that's what stands in the way of so many salespeople. They, they want to perfect this, this presentation just a little bit more. They, they, they want to tweak this. They want to tweak that. And by the time they get into the presentation itself, they're so convoluted, tied up in what they want to say that they don't know what to say. And most of all, they don't listen. And as a result, you know, I, I've, seen, I've seen people, Mark, I've seen people focus so much on the presentation, they actually forget about the outcome of the presentation. Oh. Talk about oh, that. Without later. a doubt, without a doubt. Because, I mean, how many times, I mean, you and I both come out of corporate roles. That you saw marketing departments perfect the color, you know, that color uh, or that font. I mean, just just let me go. Beautiful. Just let me let me have a conversation. Yeah. I'll tell you what the marketplace is looking for. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because uh, you reminded me, of, you brought flashbacks of corporate America. I, I would fight with marketing because they're like, what's well, not right? Whatever. The, the fonts are not correct. Victor, you can't use. I'm like, really? Uh, I worry more about the sale than what the font looks like. But I, I do think that people uh, get caught. Hey, Mark, do you remember that show? The Gong oh, Show? Oh, yeah. Do you remember the Gong yeah. Show? What, what was it? Ch Chuck, Berry? Uh, was it Chuck Berry? I don't know. We're both Chuck dating Berry. ourselves right here right now. Yeah. 
But anyway, so so the gong show is that they they bring out this talent, and if the talent's not good, they they bring in this giant gong. And there was this guy who played the trumpet. By the way, this goes to your marketing and prospecting statement about never getting to it. And there was a guy, I forgot his name, but he would have a trumpet. And he would always, like, you know, warm up the trumpet. He says, all right, ready to play a tune? All right, go. And so he'd get on stage, right, and he'd start, I'm going to play my trumpet. I'm going to play it now. Oh, man, I'm going to play this trumpet. I'm going to play it now. And he keeps going on and on, on and on. He never plays the trumpet. And I think that's like prospecting, right? I'm going to prospect today. Man, I'm going to prospect well. <laughs> but how many times How many times do we hear that? I mean, it, oh it, <laughs> it, it absolutely is mind-blowing. They say, well, I want to, want to spend all this time getting ready. I want to spend all this time getting ready. And But, you know, salespeople do that. Marketing departments do that. And founders do that, yeah. just like we, we were talking about. I mean, everybody is, they get caught up in the hype of what they think can happen. And they're afraid right. of the reality of what will happen. Ooh, that yeah. hurts. I like that. That, that, that does. That is, uh, the psychologists call that the fundamental attribution error. And that is when you attribute an outcome to something that may not even be there. And we imagine these things. Talk to me about how, like, you know, your, you know, your book... Um, High profit prospecting, right? High profit. What was the High name of your prospecting? prospecting. Book? Yeah. Oh, so I got it. And 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 so in that book, I mean, talk to me a little bit about you know what holds people back from prospecting. What have you seen that really holds people back? What are some of the excuses they use? And then maybe even give the folks a couple of tools to kind of get over. Well, this. hey, here's what it simply comes down to. I mean, it comes down to the mindset. In fact, that's why I wrote the third book, A Mind for Sales. But right. Dude, do you like how I slipped that in? I I, I just slipped in, just slipped in that in the title. Yeah, You're very, very clever, good. very yeah. clever. Yeah. Right? Not the first rodeo. Anyway, um, no, 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 no. No, I forgot. In fact, you get you. In fact, you get. Oh, thank you. I I am glad that we have the studio audience. You know, it's amazing how you can assemble the studio audience this early in the morning. <laughs> By the way, all right, people, calm down. Let Mark I, talk. I, Go I, ahead. Are, is the studio audience dressed from the waist down? Okay. Good. Yes. Okay. Good. Just checking. Okay. Good. Um, hey, here's the situation. Salespeople are always caught up in this whole idea. Well, uh, I, I, I'm only going to get one call. I'm going to get only get one call or one email. So I got to make sure it's perfect. Got to make sure it's perfect. Got to make sure it's perfect. And I'll tell you what, that ship sailed years ago because I could call you, Victor. I've called you many times and you don't answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I could send you an email, and guess what? You don't respond. You see, we have to understand that that the sales call is a continuum. It's a continuum. And sure, we want to make that first impression. We always want to make that first impression a great impression. That, that's what our mom told us growing up, right? right? But we have to realize it's a continuum. So as a salesperson, I've got to be prepared to say it's going to take 5, 6, 8, 10, 15, 20 steps before you actually engage with me. And what I'm doing in that is I'm just building credibility. I'm just, I'm just allowing you to understand that, hey, I, I have some value that I can bring you. But here's what it comes down to. The number one fundamental piece is this. Salespeople fail to realize that if they have the ability to make a difference in somebody, they have an obligation to reach out to them because what happens is people ultimately freak out. I, I don't think this person can buy from me. I don't think this person can buy. I don't think I, I just hired a salesperson. Uh, we're, we're doing a, a very unique type of program strictly at the corporate level. 
And this gentleman is a pit bull. I mean, because he subscribes us. He says, I know we can make a difference in these companies. It's my obligation to reach out to them. I'm going to keep reaching out to them until I get them to invest the money with us because I know. I love, I love that mindset, and, and that's, by the way. And that's the mindset. I mean, that's the mindset. If you don't have that mindset, guess what? Uh, you send one email. Oh, they didn't respond. They must not be interested. Or I left them three yeah. voicemails. <laughs> ah, oh, I've got to engage. But by, by the way, so so let's slow down because because you, you say something it's it's important but yet subtle, is that is that that a correlated statement? They didn't call back, therefore they're not interested. They're, they draw this causal conclusion to something that's, that has nothing to do with one or the other. So they didn't return my call, therefore they're not interested. And people do this all the time. We, we all do this. Part, you know, it's kind of a way of rationalizing why somebody doesn't call. Years ago, I heard that the word rationalize stands for the ability to rationalize. Ra- oh, I, 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 that I, I like that good. because really what you're doing yeah. is you're trying to look for a reason yeah. to get it off of your plate. That's right. That's right. Or not call. Make that call. So, yeah. the when When, you know, as you're talking to salespeople, like, what are some of the things... How do you help them, Mark? You know, you know, when you're doing your 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 course on prospecting, you know, how do you help? Okay, put yourself in the scenario. Company yeah. calls you in. I said, look, I got people who are just not dialing for dollars. They're just afraid to make the calls. You know, reaching out outreach program. You know, walk me through the process that you walk them through at a high level, of course, uh, to kind of give the folks an idea of how to solve some yeah. of these problems. Especially First of all, skip the product. It's not the product. It's not the product you're selling. Mm-hmm. So many people get hung up on the product. Oh, if we just had a better product, if we just had a lower price. No, it's the outcome you create. So what I tell salespeople, you, you, you take a piece of paper, you draw a line down the middle, you write down your 10 best customers on the left-hand side. And on the right-hand side, you write down the outcome, not what you sold them. How did they benefit from what you sold them? You write that down, and what you do is you begin to look at that list, and then you give yourself a big hug, and you go, oh, I am good. <laughs> by the way, I, I've never heard that. That is a really good exercise, by the way. I, I really it, like it, that. You know, I like think that. about this. Especially, you know, if, if, if you come into a Monday morning, and you're like, oh, I got to sell. Just do that exercise. And, and, and you write down the outcomes, and then you begin to realize, hey, you know what? I'm making a difference with these companies or these individuals, whatever it is. And then you begin to back up to say, hmm, what are the questions I should be asking other people? Because I bet other people have these same needs, these same outcomes. You see, here's the whole thing. You know, people say, well, nobody, nobody wants to be sold. They only want to buy. I don't think they want to buy. What they do is they want to invest. They want to invest because they want a solution. They want to... They want to alleviate something. They want to increase something. They want to do something. So my goal is this. I want to look at what I do is I'm asking people to invest. And if I show them the outcome they can create, guess what? They will invest. So so let's dig, dig into it because this is a really cool exercise. I've never seen anybody do it this way because there's several, again, you, you state it like that, like it's nothing because you've done it so many times so you're used to it. So what's interesting about this exercise is that you got the customers, list your 10 customers that you've had, those are the most recent customers that bought. Then you list, as you say, the outcome of how the product or service benefited them, right? That's the outcome. But uh, what you're also doing, and again, this is where I want you to add some flavor to it. You're also developing two things here. One is you're developing stories to tell in your presentation, almost like case studies, but stories to tell because, hey, let me tell you about this company. 
because you have the 10, but also it kind of gives you, you tied to purpose. That is so spot on because again, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, man, I hope Victor Antonio calls me. I don't even know if your mother says that. I, 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 I have no idea. Yeah. But he, here's what it is. Again, you've got challenges. You've, you've got problems. I mean, I, I recently went out and bought a new laptop computer and I needed it for a very specific outcome. And the price was almost irrelevant because I needed special features in it to be able to do certain things. You know, it was the outcome I'm creating from it. So the price tag, I, I paid more than I really wanted to pay. But, but in the long run, it's chump change because the outcome that's going to be created from it. That's what you have to focus in on. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, re I really like the, like I said, it's, it's a very simple story. What I, what I like it also, you can grab stories from those outcomes, right? Yes. Once you've sold them, now you know the stories. Two, gives you a sense of purpose of why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, I think three, if I would add this part, based on your exercise, it also builds like, like mental momentum and mental confidence, you know, because you're like, okay, look at these 10 companies I worked with, you know. Add some flavor to that part. That is huge because I'll tell you what. You see, I, I have determined the outcome of every sales call before I go into it based on my mindset. I mean, how many times have you, no, not, not you, not you, the great Victor Antonio, but other people in your studio audience have gone into a sales call and they go, there's nothing here. And as a result, they come out of it with nothing. Your mindset going into the sales call changes your ability to listen, changes your ability to ask questions because it changes your level of confidence, which in turn changes your level of competence. And the customer picks up on that right away. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, you're, you're hitting on something that's really subtle again. And I, I, lo I love this conversation because there we make, again, assumptions back to the fundamental attribution error, right? You attribute saying there's nothing here. And when, as soon as you say that, because <clears throat> you're not patient enough to dig through it, you, as you say, your mind shifts towards maybe my next call. In other words, I'm in the meeting, but I'm already at the next meeting or planning for the next meeting. And customers do sense that. And so how do you stay in the game? I mean, obviously, you're going to ask a lot of questions to see if there's something really there. But, you know, how do you, how do you stay positive when you think that maybe this isn't for you? I mean, when do you know when to just kind of pull the ripcord on this thing? Well, he, here's the whole thing. You have to ask yourself. Am I dialoguing or am I just preaching? And, and let, let's dissect this because we, we always say, oh, people don't want to have a lecture. They want to have a conversation. I get that. But here, here's what it is. is. Is the customer, is the other person sharing with me insights? And as I ask them follow-up questions on that, are they sharing with me more insights? If they're willing to stay in that track, guess what? I've got somebody who's engaging with me. If on the other hand, they're not, then you know what? I may want to pull the ripcord, but here's the whole thing. Too many salespeople pull the ripcord too early. Because again, I've taken the time to get the, to get the call, whether it be a, a Teams meeting, Zoom call, whatever it might be, face-to-face, -face, however. You might as well stay in the game and finish the game. It's kind of like, hey, oh yeah, let's let's... Let's be the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to take the field for the uh, second half. But you know what? We're down by a touchdown or two. Or no, we're up by three touchdowns. 
uh, there's no way the Patriots can come back and win the Super Bowl. So we're going to, oh, I'm sorry. That was a sore spot. I'm sorry. Yeah. By the way, not a sore spot. The two things. One is that I have that mindset also where I'm just going to see it through. In my mind, I hear my little my, my, my little gremlin, my little hobgoblin of the mind saying, nah, they're not going to buy. This is not going anywhere. But I always override that by saying, maybe not, but let's go all the way through to the end, do the best we can to try to close it. At least there, I, I, I always tell myself, let's end this with no regrets. Thank you. Because here's the thing. Yeah. You may wind up with no sale, but you know what? You've strengthened your selling muscle. You've strengthened because, Good again, way. you're going to learn some insights. You're going to learn something. I, I look at this. Every, the, the positive people in life go into every situation saying, you know what? There's something I can learn here. There's something I can right. learn here. So guess what? This conversation yeah. might not go anywhere. No, I, I'm not talking about this podcast. This, this, this is going right. somewhere. But you may go into, you may go into a conversation. And go, but I still learn something. That's fine. That's fine. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I've noticed in conversations that, you know, and again, there are things you can see or tell. So so let's talk about signals. I think this will be interesting. Like you're in a conversation, you know, what signals are you looking for for interest, not interest? By the way, I think I think somebody should write a book on, 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 on I don't say body signals. I'll just call human signals. Things that people are transmitting to us during a conversation beyond body language, because there's tone, voice, content as you say, interaction, engagement, you know, what are some of the like signals you look for when something's going your way or when something maybe is just a little off track? Well, when the customer gets up and walks out of the room and doesn't come back, that's, that's generally, <laughs> that's a big a, signal. generally a signal. I look for a couple of things. In fact, it's kind of funny. It's a little bit harder on video, but I ask, I always <laughs> ask this question. Do I know the color of the other person's eyes? Because am I giving you eye contact? Are they giving me <laughs> eye contact? But, it's a little personal. Well, yeah, I, 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 know, I know it can be a little bit creepy. But stop and think about this. How many times have you had a conversation with somebody that, that never looks at you, yeah. right? Big Ten Can is the world's leading sales learning and enablement platform that delivers the onboarding and training, preparation, coaching, customer engagement, and follow-up and insights that modern businesses need to win. Okay, okay anyway, let's, let's put that aside. Here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for whether or not we get into two and three and four levels deep with questions. In other words, the idea being is that I can ask you a question, you share with me, I talked about this earlier, and then I ask you a follow-up, and, and, and we keep going down this path, and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. To me, that's a huge signal. And are they doing the same to me? Because here's the whole thing. If they're not asking me questions, Hmm. Then you know what? They're just looking for the end. They they are just looking for the exit. They they want to end this. But if they're asking me questions, now it doesn't necessarily mean they're a motivated buyer. They may just be looking for information. But at least right. they're willing to engage. So so pause there, Mark, and I'm going to ask you a tougher question here. So you got to you're you're in front of somebody because people listening and are watching this are going to say, yeah, that's my problem. The person's not engaging with me. I'm asking questions, but I'm just not feeling the love. You know, what do you do in that instance or what could be happening in that moment? You know, uh, you kind of just open yeah, that up he, a little bit. Here's one of the easiest things that, that, I, that I love doing. Somebody shares with me something and I go, hey, can you share with, 
can you share with me a little bit more about that? Can you give me an example? Walk me through what that means in your business. You see what I'm saying is, is, is I'm asking them to unpack. And if they won't unpack that, then it says, whoa, here's the problem too many salespeople have. I firmly believe that yeah. short questions get you long answers and long questions get you short answers. Too many salespeople are caught up okay. in their own hype and they ask these complicated questions. And then the customer looks at you okay. and goes, huh? Huh? I mean, how many times, you, you know. Right. <laughs> By the way, sometimes the question is so long, the person actually right, forgets exactly. what you just asked. That's why I, I, I always <laughs> say short questions get you long answers. Why? Tell me more. Well, that's fascinating. Can you give me an yeah. example? Right. And, and, and right. now what I'm doing is this is going to tell you right away as to whether or not this person cares and is interested or is looking to check out. <laughs> because if they don't pick up on that right. and How run with that, then guess what? Hmm. Right. This dog don't hunt. How do you sync up with the customer? So let's say you're in the situation. Let's let's put the folks in a scenario. We have a meeting. It's with a CXO of some sort, right? Or small business owner, it doesn't matter. And you know, this is our target client, right? It's our you know, our ideal client profile. Uh, but yet the conversation isn't going well. The conversation seems to be like I'm asking questions, but and I'm asking short questions, and I'm getting short answers. How would you diagnose that? Like, what could be? Well, going there on? could there there could be here's situation. There could be something else going on that this person is dealing with, and guess what? You're just caught in the crossroads. The the, the example I like to use is you could be driving your car and you got a green light. You're going through the intersection. And a car runs a red light and T-bones you. You're totally in the right. You just happen to be <clears throat> in a bad situation with somebody. So you could easily be in a situation. We, we, we've all had this. We've had people who call us and, and uh, like, oh, we, <laughs> you know, we're dealing with something else that's a little bit more important. And I got to get you off the phone. So that could be going on. And, and if that's the case, what I have to understand and I have to be confident, understand this. I have to be able to take a step back and say, hey, tell me about what else is happening. What else is going on here in the business? But when you, when you ask that question, Mark, sometimes people don't want to open up. You know, and by the way, it's a great question you're asking. It's a great question you're asking. But is it, this is what I've learned to do. It's taken me a while to get there because it requires a little calmness. And that is, you know, I've learned to challenge people when they're not responding. When they're not responding, yeah. they're giving me the yes, no. How do you, have you, do you do that? And if so, how do you do it? Yeah, I, 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 it, it, here's the thing. The further up the food chain the person is, the more the right you have to challenge. This actually runs counter to what a lot of people say. Oh, oh, they're at the, they're at the CEO position. I got to kiss the ring. No, no, you got to play at their level. You have to play at their level. And, and you have to be willing to push back. So I, I'm, I'm going to push back. Hey, hey, is, is, is it? In fact, I had this situation recently. I was dealing with the CEO of a company. And I could tell that she was not engaged with me. Okay, now, now slow the movie down. Why was she not? How could you tell? She was not giving me any kind of response. I, I, I knew from her other um, relationships with other people, first time I talked with her, that she was an engaging person. 
and she was not engaging with me. It was, it was just not happening. And I, I just simply said, hey, great catching up with you. We'll have another conversation somewhere down the road. And I ended it. And, and it's fine. And sure enough, what I didn't realize was that she was about ready to go into a board meeting. So she was fixated on the board meeting. Gotcha. Nothing wrong with that. No. And so in that case, you know, the, and by the way, great approach. The, would you have said something like this in a different scenario? You know, would you challenge it? When somebody's not interested, what I've learned to do is it doesn't seem like this is a priority. For example, sales trading. It doesn't seem like this is a priority for you right now. Is that a true statement? You know, I I almost want to say, because if it is, let's not waste each other's time. And, you know, I've learned that that that's actually that's the that question right there. If it's not a priority, let me know. We usually provokes one of two things, which is obvious. The it's very binary. Uh, no, Victor, it is a priority. OK, then what seems to be holding you back from this conversation? I feel like you're not engaged. Is it the product or service, whatever it may be? If they say, no, it's not a priority. Well, okay, now you know at least. You're not going to go back to your manager and talk about this great deal, this great conversation you had that's now in the pipeline that's forecasted. Do you do that sometimes, Mark? Yes, because here's the whole thing. You exit the meeting with respect. The other person now has a higher level of respect for you. I agree. Because, because point. Right? Because great you're point. willing to call an ace an ace and a spade a spade. Yep. And, and, this, and especially further up you go, it, it's like it was with the CEO. I said, hey. We'll catch up later on. Great. Great. There's there's something about, I don't know, I, I want to use the phrase carefully here. <clears throat> there's something about not caring if I win or lose the deal that puts you in a different mental state with the client. And that comes back to having a full pipeline. See, if you if you believe, if you believe in what you do, you know that there's a world of opportunities out there. There's unlimited opportunities out there. If you believe in the outcome you create and you believe that, hey, it's okay. There's other people out there. I'm not desperate. And this is where I think new salespeople and people without pipeline, because they just keep jamming the presentation. They just keep jamming, 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 jamming. And it just becomes exhaustion on both both ends. Because the other person's saying, hmm, hmm, where's a handgun? How do I exit this? And that salesperson just keeps barking, 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 leaves just totally exhausted. Yeah. Saying, By the way, they, 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 they associate more talking with higher probability of closing. Oh, no, not oh. true. Not true. There's no correlation oh. there. Have you ever, have, uh, you know, you know, chorus and gong, two great tools, you know, right. you know, recording calls. It is so interesting to listen to new salespeople on calls because they do all mm. the talking. They do all right. the talking. Right. But then as you begin to watch salespeople mature and you, you watch salespeople really become adept, you see the customer doing more and more talking. And you, and you listen to those calls of the really high performers. And it's amazing how they're not, the salesperson's not doing the talking. It's the customer. Boom. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah, you, you learn that it isn't about the amount of time you talk. And I, I think people almost talk, new people, new salespeople talk, because they're afraid of the silence because they don't know what to do. They don't, they, they are afraid the customer is going to ask a question that they may not be able to answer. And I go, great. I want them to ask a question that I can't because now I have the ability to create a follow-up conversation. Yeah. You want to get beaten up early. 
good way of putting it. You, you know, if you're going to start out, just get, just go get beaten up. Uh, I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned uh, the conversation platforms like Chorus.ai and Gong.io. Uh, what are you seeing with technology? A lot of companies using these platforms, and what do you see in terms of their success rate? And I'll give you my opinion. After well, that. I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, everybody's buying as many programs as possible because they think it's the magic magic solution. I'll tell you what. The best app is right here between the ears. The yeah. best tool is right here between the ears. And we are trying to turn sales into a robotic function, and I think it's a disaster. I want to have tools. I mean, that's the science. That's the science of sales. But sales is still an art. It's you and I having a conversation. Yeah, I want to be clear so people don't jump on you later on about this. You're not saying don't use technology. You're not being a Luddite. No, no I, 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 I want technology. But technology supports me. It doesn't drive me. Correct. That's what you're saying. Right. Because, I mean, we do need basic products. I've, I've worked with, I'll just say, conversational platforms, just to keep it very uh, broad so nobody yells at me later on. And what I found, Mark, my experience has been that companies who've bought these conversation platforms, conversational platforms, they don't, first of all, they don't dedicate a person to it. That's, all, that's, a, that's the first big mistake. They think this, it's a magic black box. Look, it records conversation and it spits out insight. Uh, no, not so easy because somebody has to develop, I'll just say, the the the, the keyword clouds, the phrases, and everything else that we're trying to pull out, the, the insights, right? You, you need to create that. And I see a lot of companies not dedicating a person or persons to actually work with the data. How do I you totally see agree. That this was a lot of the problem with first-generation CRM systems. First-generation CRM systems were, were basically – bought and installed by CFOs. You know, it was the finance department. We're going to get a control on, we're going to get, we're going to get. And, and they thought by just installing this, you know, suddenly they would have magic and suddenly they'd have all the answers. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You have, you know, I can take, I can take a power tool and put it into somebody's hands and it, nothing will happen. I can put that same power tool into somebody else's hands who really no understands how to use it. And wow, it's amazing what they can create. It's the same thing. So it, it, yeah, I, I've noticed, I've noticed that the, um, these conversation platforms, I think they're powerful. Once you understand how to mine the data. And I think the mining the data is the big part. Well, like and, and, and this, this is the challenge because the data can become so macro. It can become, you know, you know, we talk about big data, big, you know, big data, you know, and it, it, it's macro. But here's what it comes down to. You and I are having a conversation. It's you and I. So we'll say you're the customer. I have a 50% chance of success. And we're either going to have success or we're not going to have success. I can put all the data I want in the world. But if you and I connect, bingo. If you and I don't connect, hmm, sorry, pick up a prize in the gift yep. shop on the way out, you know? And I think that's powerful because it's a great reminder that, you know, at the end of the day, all products almost are similar. All services almost are similar. So I, I'm with you. I, you know, I've been, I've been saying this for the last couple of years now that, that the salesperson has become the, the differentiator in selling. And it's how we sell, how we position, how we frame. And so, you know, would you agree with that statement totally. or would you differ? How totally you agree. Totally agree. This, yeah. is why, this is why two salespeople can go out with basically the same product 
and one is incredibly successful and one is not. And they have basically the same customer right. list, et cetera. I, I remember years and years ago uh, in an early sales role, I was given the territory of a salesperson who was struggling. And it was interesting. My manager didn't give me any, any call records, any information. Just, here's your new territory. Back, back in the day. Remember back in the day, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, and um, uh, I, I was incredibly successful. I, I, I was incredibly successful. Why was the customers didn't change? I was just taking a different approach. Hmm. What did you? What do you think you did differently, though? What do you think you did differently? I went in with a else? different attitude. That I know there's business to be right. had here because I hadn't been told otherwise. I had not been told there was no business here. So I, I was going in saying, "I right. I got to make my num. I got to make my quarterly number. So I got to do this." And I went in with with the. I, I, I'm going to listen. And I saw opportunities. I saw ways that I could help customers. And so, again, it comes back to the attitude. The attitude drives everything in sales. Oh, I, I agree. My, my phrase is ABC, not always be closing. Attitude drives behavior. Behavior drives right. consequences. It's very simple. Equation, right? And, but most people don't get that, which is why you wrote the book, A Mind for Sales. You know, uh, Talk, walk me through one of the stories in there. You have several stories in there. What's your favorite story in your book about a good wow. mind shift? Good, good mind shift. Uh, early on, I tell the story about one of my, in fact, it, it was not that territory I just described. It was a different territory. I had my manager say, hey, I want you to make sure that this particular customer, because this was kind of account management. We were doing account management and, and developing new accounts. I want to make sure that you stay locked in on this particular customer. And I still remember her name. Her name was Ruth. Ruth. And you got to stay locked in on her because she will beat you up. She will beat you up. But you know what? You want to be beat up early. Because the earlier you get beat up, the stronger you become. And initially when I was told that, I go, whoa, this is not good. But looking back, that was the best thing for me. Because by going in and talking to Ruth and getting beat up with her on a regular basis, boy, it sharpened me. It sharpened me up. How did she beat you up, though? How she, many, she how did she beat you up? She challenged me on every number I present. She challenged me on this. She challenged mm. all this competitors coming out with this product, this com all, all that, da, 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 da. And she just would challenge me on, on, on anything and everything. And uh, that was just her nature. That was just. So she was, she, she was just testing she, you to see if she you knew your market? She wanted to know. If I knew everything, and 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 ultimately, I mean, I, I I look back on it and I enjoyed working with her because, yeah, I I, I, I I've had some customers who were very tough on me because they yeah. wanted to see if I knew what I was talking about. So that's a great point that you got to be a subject matter expert, you know. Which, you know, the remember that when the Challenger sale came out in 2011, that. One of the findings, you know, and people just took this too binary. It wasn't binary. But one of the things that came out is that out of the five profiles, we, we, we all have five of the profiles, right? Challenger, let me see if I can remember. There was a challenger, the lone wolf, the problem solver, uh, the hard worker, and relationship salesperson. And in a difficult market or not so difficult market, complex sales, simple sales, the relationship salesperson did the worst which kind of just caught people off guard. So does that mean relationships don't matter? And to, to your example right here, it says not that it doesn't matter, is that people want to know if you Bingo. can help them first. 
And then they want a relationship. Fair enough? I, I, I totally agree with that because he, he, here's the situation. Ruth and I had a good relationship. We, we, we really had a good relationship because she beat me up all the time. But the relationship was as right. a result of exactly. the fact that she knew See, and, and this you could thing, help. I, I think because we, oh, well, I want to go in and just, oh, well, look at this and look at that. Hold it. I don't want to deal with, I don't have time. I have enough friends in my life. If you want to be my friend, here's an application. Fill it out. Okay? <laughs> That's okay. exactly it. That's I mean, exactly. so. <laughs> so. I should tell that to people. You want to be my friend, fill this application. You, you, are, you are going to have to earn, a, earn your way into that yeah. group. Yeah. I, I would summarize it this way. A relationship is a result, is a result yes. of results. You know what I mean? You got to have the results first, then I want a relationship, which is what you're saying, this example with Ruth. I think that's brilliant. The... You know, in, in your book, Mindset, you talked about the mindset. Before that, you had the prospecting book. What are you working on now, Mark? Yeah, I, I am not actually working on, on a book right now. Uh, I, I am so busy working with other companies on major products, go-to-market strategies, um, helping companies go through this IPO phase and so forth, uh, that I'm not actually working on a book. I've, I've got several ideas in the back of my head, but you know what? I'm busy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm having I'm having too much go. fun. In fact, it's funny. I just booked a gig mm -hmm. the other day for uh, Lithuania. Would you go to Lithuania? No. I don't. By the way, I, I'm not not anything against Lithuania. I just yeah. don't really want to travel international right now. Okay, yeah. that's okay. why. But I would love and, to go to and, Lithuania. Uh, in, and, in the and it's kind of funny because my uh, uh, agent called me. And she got a pretty good fee for me. Good, good for you, man. Good for you, man. And I, you and I have had this conversation about world travel. Yeah. I mean, you, you've traveled yeah. the world. I've traveled the world. And um, you travel the world to enjoy it. I travel because there's a gig and then I got to get back. Yeah. Well, no, no. I, I usually got to do the gig also. I think I've only have one. I only booked one this year so far. Uh, that's October Malaysia for the BNI Group, the Business Network International, which is a huge yeah. organization. Which is a huge. So, huge. so I've got a good fee there, and if I if I do well there, there's going to be some uh, subsequent business. But that's the only international trip I have. So good for Lithuania, man, to have you out there. That's cool. So, but by the way, so no book that you're working out right now, because um, you're not you're not like Jeb Blunt or Anthony Arino just cranking. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm not looking. I'm not looking to have another library of Congress. Oh my uh, God, those guys are just machines. Anthony mm -hmm. Arino and Jeb Blunt are just uh, writing I machines. Mean, they, they're just, they're just, they're they're just machines. And and again, you know what? That's what I like about the four of us because we each have different styles. Right. I mean, we each have different lanes. Hmm. And people always ask me, "Well, man, you you run with Jeb and Anthony and Victor, and and don't you see them? I don't see them as you guys aren't. Com we don't, we don't compete we don't against care. each other. We don't care. We don't there care. is a world of opportunities There's out there, plenty of opportunities, and we all have different lanes. And I, yeah, I get jazz every morning. I mean, when we get done here, I, I've got a piece of paper here with all my all my." Uh, Call because I because I literally do. I have to make a piece of paper every morning right. with, with all of my calls, mm -hmm. uh, scheduled calls, 
uh, to keep me on track. I mean, it's just boom, 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 boom. I'm having fun. Yeah. I, and, by, and by the way, it's a good point you bring up. And that is, I don't view the, you know our relationship or with Jeb, Anthony, or even some of the other speakers out there as competition. I think, I think that's a, <clears throat> a lack mindset. Yes. I mean, where you should have the abundance mindset. It's, it's you know, as we get older, uh, would you agree with the statement? You just let go. Oh, you let go. And there's so many opportunities. I mean, I know that I'm going to have half a dozen calls today. A lot of these are with existing clients I'm working with and so forth. But you know what? Out of that, I, I bet they're coming another two or three big opportunities. Yeah. And they come out I mean, every out of nowhere day. also. By the way, I, I think that constant, as you say, constant hitting the phones, reconnecting with customers, all of a sudden, uh, I got a call over the weekend, just as a side note. Um, it's a customer I had who heard me speak. He says, hey, this company just lost their speaker. You're in Atlanta. They're going to be there next week. You want the gig? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk through it, right? And I I love when things like that happen because, you know, often we think it's just about marketing, marketing, marketing. Sometimes it's just not only marketing, but executing well with the current clients that you have, which is how you're building a lot of your business. Is that true? Oh, yeah. I got, I got a funny story. I'm in Orange, Orange, Orange County Airport. This is on a Friday flying, flying back to Nebraska. Phone rings. And it's a major, major client that said, Ken... Can you get down here to Bogota Monday? And um, are we, yeah, are we talking to Colombia here? Bogota, Colombia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and and, and I've had, and, you know, again, it, it's just because it, you you and I and Anthony and Jeb, you create enough of a name out there, and stuff just happens. You know, people say, "Oh, that's lucky." No, it's not lucky. It's because we've put in the reps. Yeah. Consistency. We, you know, you, you do it every... I, I, hey, p- people, if you have not read the book Atomic Habits, your audience, if, they, if you've not read the book Atomic Habits, it's a book I recommend to everybody. Because Atomic Habits is so gold because it's, it's that discipline. It's that discipline of doing, doing things every day, every day, every day. That's how you become successful. Boom. I love that. I think we're going to end on that note. Mark... Where can my audience find out more about you and so they can show you some love? TheSalesHunter.com. It's trademarked. Don't steal it. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Mark. All right. And that is it for the Sales Influence Podcast. Leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you're listening or watching. After you do that, go check out thesaleshunter.com. See what Mark's up to. Go check out his book. The last one most recent I loved is The Mind for Sales, A Mind for Sales. And after you do that, check out the Sales Velocity Academy at salesvelocityacademy.com. And on that note, this is Victor Antonio always reminding you, selenate hard when you know how. Take care. Big Tin Can is the world's leading sales learning and enablement platform that delivers the onboarding and training, preparation, coaching, customer engagement, and follow-up and insights that modern businesses need to win.